Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. I'm Philippa Hall, busy practising ringing the court appeal in the bell tower. And from Facebook and Instagram team, I'm Katie Plumpton, reading Harry McClary for the bazillionth time. And playing Guess Which Country the Cheese is From, there's you lot, our lovely Dumpty Dummers. This week's Dumpty Dum tune is from the Academic Archers and Dumpty Dum Meetup Mashup. And on this episode, we hear calls from... Ambridge Pony Club Jen, R. Rob, Claire from Clapham, the one and only Glyn, God Squad Mia, Andrea from Brittany, Richard in Buenos Aires and Melly Merriweather. We also have emails from Tracy and Matt. Plus, there's Roundup of the Week by Suey, more in-depth history from Stephen, the Facebook Roundup by Witherspoon and Tweet of the Week by Purple Pumpkin. Marvellous. Now... Before Katie and I start chatting too much, let's remind ourselves of what happened this week with a roundup of the week in Ambridge from R. Suey. Hello, lovely people. It's Suey, Queen Altar on the Twitters here. And another week in Ambridge. I've missed listening to anything live this week. I've done the podcast, so we should still be all right. But I might have missed some nuances through the medium of late nights of alcohol. And you could probably hear I've been talking a lot. The Ambridge variety show for Eurovision sounded fantastic. Paul had bought a disco ball and some glittery stuff for the event. Sadly, Justin decided not to provide funding after all. Kelsa Breeze. Paul went off to rope in help and Lindy Bottom is on board. Her first thought was to hold a cheese and wine evening. Oh no, sorry, a cheese afternoon. Not in the evening and no wine. It sounds dire. Paul called it boring. They tried to work out how to do it on the cheap, made it sound even worse. Linda welcomed the constructive criticism. She's going to make it all happen and stop any dramas and double countries. Who's going to get Azerbaijan, I wonder? Pat really wants to know whether Harrison's heard anything from the police in Hampshire regarding Rob. She gets a lot off her chest. Harrison was very patient with her. Alice has her first go at bell ringing with Chris. It's all great. Why didn't she do it before? Susan thinks he still has feelings for her. Chris says he doesn't. Stella told Adam that she would be going away for a couple of days to her sister's wedding. But she isn't now, because someone has to look after the farm. For once, Adam does not sigh and say he doesn't have any time. He's going to look after Weaver the dog and see whether a fortnight will stop Xander wanting a dog. Fat chance. 
Susan asked Chelsea to sign the petition against the EB charging station, but Chelsea's more interested in getting a job there. Her dad, Den, admits that he's lonely and asks if his children will visit him, but neither of them want to. Lillian buys Susan a drink, but not one of the coronation-inspired cocktails. Justin's putting on a light show to mark the coronation instead of paying for the Eurovision celebrations. And Kenton withdrew the ball as a possible illumination site. Janine was unimpressed and overruled Kenton. The painting at Lower Loxley is apparently coming down and going into storage. Freddie is going all Italiano for Eurovision until he isn't, because Ian is on the board instead. So much for Linda cat herding them. Tracy suggested choosing countries by pulling names out of a hat. We're not sure why they hadn't already been doing that. Alice is going to make payments to the other grandchildren since Martha got money. She hopes for no nasty surprises in Brian's will, but he says he's not going to tell anybody anything. Might he change his will as a result? Who knows? Kenton sabotaged the chances of all being eliminated by getting Bridge Farm to enter. I must admit I'd lost the plot at this point. Tracy and Jazza have chosen to have their wedding reception at the Bull. Well, didn't we all think it was going to end up there anyway? And Harry is going to do the flowers. Chelsea and Brad are going to be gender-neutral bride's attendants. Sounds lovely. Chelsea doesn't want a frock, though. Den has sent a hundred quid. It's a cheque, so there's still plenty of time for it to bounce. Who uses a cheque these days, anyway? As Tracy said, a hundred pounds does not make up for years without child maintenance. He is having a midlife crisis and he's only got himself to blame. Monty and Paul met up outside the vet and Paul and Lindy Bottom discussed the disaster over the chalk ford. The bull's big screen is not big enough and it's all just in spalt. Lindy is going to take him to the mattresses using the information supplied by Paul and Harrison. Justin does not care. Lindy is going to make him care and she demands to see him. I wouldn't take on Linda and Justin tries to say Linda can solve everything. She tells him he's been rumbled and she'll let Lillian know what he's done. Linda insists on the transfer immediately. Paul and Linda are going to take on the world. Well, I hope that all made sense. Till next week then, my lovelies, and I hope it's a good one. Jacqueline is away for two weeks, but don't worry, she will then return. Next week will be a P&Q episode. So, Katie, this is your first co-hosting. We've already had a few issues with the microphone, but hopefully it will all be fine. But I need to ask you some vital questions to test your merit as a co-host. Are you ready for these questions, Katie? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's honest, I suppose. But let, let's see. OK, the first question is, when did you start to listen to The Archers and to Dum De Dum? Well, I started, uh, as with quite a few other people, I think, I got drawn into the Helen and Rob storyline. Mm. So I was driving, picking someone up from the train station and ended up hearing the stabbing episode and just got drawn in from there, really. Yes, you're right. It's not just you. There are lots of people that discovered the archers on that basis. But when did you first start listening to Dum De Dum then? So Dum De Dum, it was around the same time because I do love my podcasts. I have a lot of podcasts in my podcast reader. And Mm. um, so straight away, I kind of thought, oh, I wonder if there's an archers related thing. And that's how (laughs) I discovered Dum De Dum because I didn't have any other people to discuss it with because my parents don't listen to it unusually. (gasps) I know. So I'm the only one in the family. (laughs) Have you got them to listen to it now or are they still not listening? Dad listens sometimes to the Omnibus when he's doing the Sunday lunch, but that's (laughs) it. Like then, yeah, they're still not that fussed. I'll rabbit on about what's happening in Ambridge and I just get a blank look. (laughs) (laughs) Now, your next question. Most favourite character? Oh, I shouldn't say character, actually. Most favourite person. Shame on me for saying they're characters. Well, exactly. Most favourite person. Well, it's got to be Lillian. And uh, absolutely <laughs> made my week last week to get chatting with her. I met her. I got a photo. I, yeah, it was one of the most niche selfies I've ever put on my Instagram. <laughs> and most people had no idea what I was talking about. But I was very excited. <laughs> 
Now, final question. Anyone who knows me knows this is a very important question close to my heart or my stomach. What is your favourite biscuit? What is your biscuit of choice when you're listening to The Archers? It has to be a chocolate malted milk. Oh, interesting. Yeah, they're the best. Very good. Well, there we have it. I think we've got to know Katie a little bit. But enough about that. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you lot, our wonderful caller innerers. Hello, Ambridge3962. And our first call in this week is from Ambridge Pony Club, our Jen, with birdsong to guide her on her reflections. Greetings, Quentin, Royfield, Philippa, Jacqueline and everyone in Dumpty Dum land. It's Jen here calling in from a beautiful Irish morning with much birdsong. Um, it's that or the annoying family, I'm afraid. Uh, first of all, 27th of April, uh, get that in your diaries. And that's when the next Dum Dum Live Academic Archers mashup will be on. Um, absolutely fantastic weekend. Do not be nervous about coming along. I've never met such a lovely group of people. If you have an expertise, if you happen to know a bit about will planning, or if you've done a bit of genealogy, if you just are really good at the cooking and the baking, whatever your interests and professional expertise might be, do do a paper. Uh, the academics are looking for those in September. And it's delightful to learn about stuff that's just so far out of your own sphere when you come along to these really interesting meetups. Um, so I hope to meet you all next year. Um, the Archers this week, we've had two major national events that we're preparing for, uh, the Eurovision and the Coronation. I am glad they're doing something for Eurovision, particularly, you know, with Ukraine and all of that. And Paul and Linda, I think, are absolutely delightful and very funny together. So that's brilliant. But I do think it's a mistake. I think they're kind of not doing the coronation because that's what they would be expected to do or trying to be more down with the kids or I don't know what they're doing. But whenever grown-up institutions try and be down with the kids, it never works. The characters they have in at the moment, they would be interested in Prince Charles's coronation. Even me, a Scottish living in Ireland anti-monarchist, is very interested in that as a historic event. I'd have liked to have seen them do something, you know, be it a build a post box or a cricket changing pavilion or I don't know, whatever they usually do for these things, plant a few trees because that's what they would have done, you know the characters that are there, they would have had that interest, so a little bit disappointed they're not making more of that but enjoying all the stuff with Linda and Paul Oh Jen, thank you very much for that and it was wonderful last weekend at the end of the Dum De Dum recording, I may have found my way in Waterstones in Birmingham, turn round and there was Jen and we went and had a late lunch together. So that was lovely. I love the bird song in the background of that call, Jen. That was just lovely to hear. And what a what an amazing weekend it was. I'm still feeling the joy of that weekend. You mention the coronation and what they're doing in the arches. It doesn't seem that much. They've said there's going to be a picnic in the green or on the green, the bell peel and this coronation illumination nonsense it doesn't sound that much really does it and I, I'm just looking about the Eurovision weekend as well that they're having I'm a little bit concerned about how long it's going to take if they're going to do an act for every country taking part and then they're going to go on and do the watch it in the evening. It's going to be a long day and that's my concern. What about you, Katie? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. There are a lot of countries that are part of Eurovision. So, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be quite a long show. They should maybe start it now. I think they're all yes. doing all these acts and everything around this. Um, yeah, I would have thought they'd be, I know they're doing something on the green, but like a proper street party and fate and just a bit more going on kind of thing. Yeah, there's just not enough at all. And I think with all these Eurovision acts, the first few, everyone will sit there animated, listening, enjoying it. By the end, everyone's just going to be asleep and not even notice what's going on. That's kind of what happens in Eurovision, though, as well, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> you are a Eurovision fan, I believe. I do love a bit of Eurovision, yeah. I'm very excited. I'm gutted. I didn't have tickets to go and see it, but uh, I didn't want to remortgage the house. Were they very expensive? I, I don't know. what but For the final, yeah, they were really expensive. They did have kind of, you could go to some of the dress rehearsals and some of the run-up shows and things that was a lot cheaper. But by the time you tried to sort of transport and hotels as well, 
yeah, it was it was getting a little bit silly. And we should say as well that you are our Facebook rounder upper and Instagrammer. <laughs> you are the queen of that, aren't you? How many you've, it's a few years now you've been doing that for Dumpty Dum. Yeah, yeah, I've been getting into it, really enjoying it. It's nice to kind of meet the community online, but it was great in Birmingham to meet people like Jen and yourself, mm. obviously. And uh, Thank you. <laughs> And all the other people as well that I've obviously commented on or talked about on the social media roundup or on Instagram. Yeah, it was really nice to kind of meet people in real life and not behind a screen. Yeah, someone said to me, oh, I said to my family, I'm going to meet all my friends that I've made on Twitter. And their family just looked at them and said, just be very careful. Absolutely. Oh, it was great. No, Jen, that's a super first call. Thank you. What a way to get started today. And now we go to our Rob who is ad-libbing with a concern about Den and Tracy. Hello there, Philippa Katie and Dumpton around the world, Rob Williams speaking. I've decided to take the advice of a variety of people who spoke to me over the uh, Birmingham weekend, people who I admire, respect, and in my own weird and wonderful way love. And instead of doing a scripted thing and reading it out, yeah, yeah, believe it or not, I have been sitting down writing all that rubbish beforehand. I've just gone for it straight off the cuff. Now, the other thing that I had to try and dig in was that Philippa requested that I do one sober and one drunk. My doctor has uh, intervened with this, so I'm just doing the drunk one. Basically, it was listening to Chelsea, Brad and Den interaction this evening. I am wondering whether at some point there is going to be a hiccup in the wedding because Brad and or Chelsea are going to take pity on Den and try and reunite him with Tracy. It might not come off, it might not work, who knows, but it would be a quite spectacular fly in some interesting ointment. Take care, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. Love you lots. Bye. Brilliant. Thanks, Rob. Um, can I first of all just say yay for drunken ad-libbing? Um, I think it worked really well. Fantastic. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I kind of agree a little bit about this concern with Den at the wedding and everything. Um, I feel like Brad could be more of a risk than Chelsea mm. just because he can be a little bit easily persuaded. Mm. Um, but hopefully not. We don't want kind of a burst through the church. Does anybody know any reasons why they may not be married and Den bursts in or Brad says something? So hopefully not. I don't know what you think about it. Oh, I really hope. I will not be impressed if that happens. But you're right. It's I've just seen how gullible Brad still is this week. He's not learned his lesson. And Den said he's only contacting them because he's lonely. Yeah. It's not that he's regrets things. And I, I felt he was really manipulating them. And well done, Chelsea. She's really mature for it. I did feel that they were meeting in Nando's and it made me quite hungry. Are you a spicy <laughs> rice person, Katie? Like, I am a spicy rice person, but I am a bit of a wimp enough to go lemon and herb. Can't cope with medium. Oh, you see, <laughs> being married to a Jamaican, I get scorned at for ordering medium. They're all going for, yeah, hot. So it's nice. It's reassuring to meet someone actually with a lower tolerance than me. Thank you. Absolutely. I used to live in India, so you'd have thought I would have a oh, little wow. bit of a higher level. But no. <laughs> How long did you live in India for? Um, I was there for 13 months. I was designing silk textiles. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> you should do a talk next next year for the Academic Archers, I think. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> All about the uh, woven silk fabric industry of Ambridge. <laughs> but, but Rob, that was a great call. I'm slightly concerned about your doctor's medical qualifications if he's recommending you do your calls after drinking, but it's brilliant and you're brilliant. So thank you very much. And now we go to Claire from Clapham, who's been reflecting on last weekend while focusing also on Stella, Paul and Linda. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here, although I'm in Claire, I'm Claire in Oxford today, calling to you from Oxford, uh, where I'm away for the weekend. Let's think about last weekend, because wasn't it marvellous? It was so amazing to be there with so many people that I've feel like I've known for years as a Twitter handle or as a voice as a caller in and to meet people in real life has just been oh so special and uh, it was just uh, particularly adorable that we were all fan 
fangirling, fanboying uh, each other, if you like. It was just uh, fantastic and so lovely to meet some people that I didn't know before because their silence, like Matt, ringing Matt. Yeah, so it's just just fantastic. Thanks to everybody involved in the Birmingham mashup. It was a lot of fun, except my paper, which was a bit serious, but I went down all right, so that's okay. So uh, this week on The Archers, I'm a bit disappointed in Stella. Like, she's not on a day off in, like, four months or something. And I just think, well, do you know what? She should have more self-respect than that. I thought better of her. It's time she had a break, so good for her. And also, the kind of mash-up of Paul and Linda will take all before them, won't they, I think? I'm quite looking forward to the Eurovision party in a weird sort of way. I like Eurovision anyway. It's so daft. I think Paul's a great character. I can't wait to hear more from him. Paul's fabulousness and Linda's steamrollering of people will cause glitter all over the village, I'm sure. Keep up the good work. Thanks to all of everyone who's keeping the show on the road the next few weeks. And I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, thank you, Claire from Oxford this time, not Claire from Clapham. Yes, what a wonderful weekend it was. And I love all the comments you made. Stella, Stella was just worried about Brian going back to work and I did start to worry myself is something going to go horribly wrong we've already heard that there's a wonky back door on the cottage he's living in now that made me concerned he's going back to work what's going to happen but Stella doesn't even know that Brian was perfectly happy to ditch her and have Debbie back running the farm so he's not too concerned about Stella so I'm glad he's letting her go to Florence for the wedding uh, hopefully she'll return from that love Stella when she was talking to Adam and Adam was saying, oh, you know, if time's short, we can go and drink an espresso. I would love to hear Adam drink an espresso and then see if he sounds any perkier. I think that would be a lot of fun. And he mentioned Paul. Now, big news. Katie, I don't know if you know this, but Joshua Riley, who plays Paul, is in the new Bridgerton series starting next week. Wow. No, I didn't know that. That is well exciting. Yes, he's playing the part of Prince Adolphus. It starts on Thursday. It's the prequel called Queen Charlotte. And I did check with Joshua. He's very kindly messaged me back. So thank you, Joshua, for that. And it sounds very exciting. And he's in more than one episode. Yeah, I just can't wait to see Paul on Bridgerton. Love it. Yeah, he might bring some of the uh, Eurovision sparkle (laughs) along with him as well. I must say, though, I did love the fact when, uh, I mean... I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I am not a Linda fan. <gasps> uh, oh. I know, sorry. But I did love the fact that she wanted to do a cheese event. I thought that worked quite well with the cheesiness of Eurovision. Yeah. I thought they were going to run with it. <laughs> I was, despite being a sort of a sweet person, a biscuit person and chocolate, to have cheese from around the world, I thought sounded really nice. I'd have been up for that. Definitely. Let's just focus on Linda then. Katie, because you say you don't like her, and that's fine. Everyone can have their own opinion. What is it that you're not particularly enamoured with, with Linda? I just find her really irritating. (laughs) She's just, she's always there. And the panto is, I know everyone loves to hate it, or whatever it ends up being now if there's no more pantos, but it's just when she jumps into any of these, her voice just gets my back up. I don't know what it is about it, but yeah. (laughs) Just not a fan. It was the way she said, she, you know, she couldn't help overhearing Paul talk. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because she's got everywhere booked. Yeah. And as soon as somewhere, someone talks about an event, she's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> what's that? Hello. <laughs> I'd love to see her and Susan in some sort of interfering competition to see who would win. Definitely. They've both got little porter cabins in Ambridge somewhere where everywhere's bugged and they can listen in to everything. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, Claire, thank you so much for your call. That was super. And now we go to the one and only Glyn, who has concerns about the unintended consequences of Jim's actions. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. I've just about recovered from a fabulous weekend in Birmingham at the uh, Academic Archers Dumpty Dum mashup. Great to see so many people there. And thank you for all those who made it possible. I won't mention any names because that would be my two minutes gone in no time at all. So um, turning to the archers, um, ringing in relatively early this week. And so far, it's been dominated by sort of a bit of a Eurovision stroke coronation mashup. Mashup's obviously the thing at the moment. Nothing very exciting there. 
course, original Eurovision plans were scuppered when Joe, Justin pulled out his money, which was, I think, linked to the fact that Jim upset his chances of becoming the Borchester Angel and um, Justin went off in a huff. And there's a bit we're seeing some, you know, Jim is being quite confrontational at the moment, obviously with David and Ruth and then with Justin. And we're seeing some unintended consequences of Jim's actions. Just wonder whether that's leading up to something else he's going to do in as, as part of his crusade against the the charging station, and that's that's going to create you know problems for somebody else that he currently doesn't foresee. Anyway, so I think it's Philip uh, doing the podcast this week. So good luck, and I hope it goes well. And speak to you again soon. Hi, Glyn. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's obviously going to come into contact with Justin again if he's still planning on causing issues with the charging station as well. Mm. So maybe there are going to be even more repercussions and everything from Justin and it just keeps on growing. Yeah. Where will it end? We just don't know. And I'm, I am concerned about this Illumination show. I'm concerned about Kenton phoning up Natasha, Natasha not knowing who it was. Who is this? <laughs> that was just nonsense. Why would he call her up and tell her? I mean, I just didn't get that at all. Jolene is going to be fuming about that. I didn't think he was making good business decisions. But yeah, so they're looking to do a local landmark for this illumination celebration. What about these, the river system that we didn't know existed, but is there the golf course that we never hear much about and I just wonder is he going to pay like Eddie to do the light show him and Terry two phones illuminating something with just the beam from their mobile phone I don't know how it's going to end up absolutely yeah it's going to be quite interesting and also certain things I don't really understand how they're going to illuminate them like the pub would look really good lit up and I'm not sure whether they're going to project a union flag onto the pub or what I don't know what their plan is but Certain things like the golf course or something, I'm not really sure what you can illuminate. <laughs> I presume that everyone's going to think it's the Union Jack and it's actually going to be Damara Capital's logo. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, definitely. And whose bank account did the money go to Yeah, when Justin sent it? I Again, that's another one I'm slightly concerned about. There was no mention of, well, I've got Harrison's details, so that's where I'll make the payment. Or no. who got that money? That and how strange. much was it? Yeah, who knows? Really strange. Well, Glyn, thank you very much for that call. We appreciate it and your support as always. So those are the first four calls. There will be more in a few minutes, including... <laughs> What seems to be a recording of Adam and Ian, well worth sticking around for that. Very exciting. If you think you'd like to call in, the best way is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum and send in your message that way. Honestly, it's ever so easy. Right, there are more calls in a minute, but now we go to one of our resident Ambridge specialists, R. Stephen, to tell us about unexpected deaths in Ambridge. I can't wait for this one. This is the BBC Live programme. Here is the news. Here's a two-minute history of some unexpected deaths in Ambridge, where we learn that in Borsetshire, February is the cruelest month. On the 2nd of February, 1957, Tom Forrest caught Bob Larkin poaching on Charles Grenville's land. There was a struggle, a gun went off, and Bob Larkin was killed. Tom Forrest was tried for manslaughter, but acquitted. Thirty years later... In 1987, Bob's nephew Jethro Larkin was working with David Archer, trimming trees at Brookfield. A branch that David was cutting came down on Jethro suddenly and he was unable to jump clear. It hit him on the head, killing him. Two years before this, on the 10th of February 1985, Polly Perks, the licensee at the Bull, needed to visit the local cash and carry for supplies. She was driving there with her friend Pat Archer in the passenger seat when she hit a slippery patch on the road and skidded into the milk tanker. She was pronounced dead at the scene and buried in St Stephen's churchyard. On 17th of February 1994, Mark Hebden was overtaken by a reckless driver while driving home to Shula. The same driver had spooked the horse that Shula's best friend Caroline Bone was riding and she had been thrown onto the road. Having swerved to avoid the driver, Mark had to swerve again to avoid hitting Caroline. 
He lost control of his car and crashed into a tree, dying instantly. On the 24th of February, 1998, John Archer asked Haley Jordan to marry him. She turned him down. The next day, Tony, who was working on the main bridge farm tractor, nagged John about a fence he'd promised to mend. In a miserable mood, John used Tony's vintage cabless Ferguson to drive him to the job. It was Tom's 17th birthday, and when John failed to turn up for the celebratory tea, Tony went out to find him, but discovered only his cold, lifeless body beneath the overturned Fergie. And finally, on the 2nd of January 2011, David Archer and Nigel Pargeter were up on top of Lower Loxley trying to take down a festive banner. The wind got up, one of the slates was loose, and Nigel found himself sliding down the roof before tumbling over and hurtling to his death on the path below, with his landing shaking Ambridge to the core. Oh my goodness, Stephen, that's amazing. That's so interesting to hear. It just shows David has been involved in more than one unexpected death. Wow, that man's a walking disaster. And February. February's the cruelest month. Who knew, Katie? I know, exactly. At least it's not January. Everyone's a bit glum in January. I don't think they needed to add anything more to that one. But yeah, David Archer's always in the background. I feel like he now needs to have a really long moustache that he can just kind of twiddle while he's watching. <laughs> yeah, I think these roundups are great by Stephen. There's so much that you forget. It's great to hear it all. I really enjoyed that one. And as a new listener, well, newish listener, very new to you lot, um, it's re- it is really good because there's so many storylines I don't know about. So that was all really good to hear. There you go, Stephen. Keep it going. Keep it going. But now let's get back to our calls. And the next call is superb. We have God Squad Mia, who seems to have left her phone on record at Ian and Adam's house. Hi, Ian. Oh, hi, Adam. How's it going for you? OK, I guess. What are you doing? I'm just creating a new pizza topping, so I am. Anchovies and toothpaste. Mmm, minty. Ian, about my sister. Which one? The mad one? The drunk one? Or, yes, the half-blood one? When I was chatting with her, I almost spoke at a normal speed. There was something not quite right about it. What? Look, Adam, I don't know who she is. I don't know what she wants. But you do have a particular set of skills. We will look for her. We will find her. And you will bore her into the truth. So you will. (laughs) That is just Amazing. Thank you so much. Mia, that just makes me laugh so much. Minty. <laughs> yes, weird toppings, anchovies and toothpaste. Uh, what else was weird? Did you hear Freddie say that Ian's ruthless this week? I yes. That's a bit strange. The other weird thing was when Harrison was talking to Pat, it sounded like he'd turned to page one of hostage negotiation, the Lego version, because (laughs) when Pat was criticising the police, you know, Pat, would you like a cup of tea? (laughs) What? (laughs) What help is that really going to give her? And something else weird but wonderful, I don't know if you saw on the Facebook group this week, but Mike Jennings I've mentioned an Archer's game on the ZX Spectrum and a, a YouTube link to it, which is just amazing to see. Did you did you see that, Katie? Yeah, the inner geek in me got very overly excited and suddenly <laughs> thought, do I need to be looking on eBay to get a ZX Spectrum just to be able to do this? Because I was a little bit excited. It was amazing. The game is as if you're a scriptwriter. And you're trying to make a good episode of The Archers and you get these different problems to solve. What would you do with different characters? Mike, that was... Incredible. Just as incredible as Mia's Ian accent. I think it's absolutely brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Mia, you are amazing and your calls are amazing. So you you just have to... We need one of these every week, Mia. I'm sorry. It's just... Definitely. (laughs) Keep them coming. Absolutely. (laughs) And next we go to Andrea from Brittany, who is moving her attention this week to Pavlova bashing. Royfield, Jacqueline and all you lovely dumpty dummers all over the world. I hope everyone arrives safely back home after their weekends in Brum and New York. 
And for those who didn't travel anywhere, hope you had a good time and enjoyed looking at the photos on Facebook like I did. It's Andrea from beautiful central Brittany. Now, I know it seems I only have two subjects to talk about. Usually I'm only about Helen, but today it's my other passion, the sounds. Does anybody know the layout of Ian and Adam's house? Do they have any internal walls? Just ask him because this week when Adam said that Ian was hiding in the kitchen with a pavlova, Ian was either bashing the plates for dramatic effect or he was standing in the same room as them. It was making as much noise as my teenager makes when he's forced to load the dishwasher. It just seemed very, very loud. But in the same episode, there was a cracker from Alice. I laughed out loud when Alice asked Brian if he had any more secret children. It was a very good question and one that I'm sure we've all asked over the years. How many more children do we think Brian has? Hope you all have a good week. Tara a bit. Love it. Yeah, I definitely think that Adam and Ian have got one of these open plan kitchen diners with bifold doors. <laughs> Just in my head from the sounds, definitely, while he's bashing these plates and the pavlovas, making an eaten mess or whatever. I think it's it's definitely got to be a layout like that. And just the secret children. Yeah, it, it made me chuckle as well. Like, how many more are there in the woodwork? Who knows? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, Brian does seem to have changed of late. And I don't I, I don't think it's a bad thing that he's like this. You know, them checking up on the will and being quite petulant about it. I think he's just had enough of them. I'd, I'd be surprised if there are more children, but I don't know. Jenny did a will that he wasn't aware of, so maybe he's decided he's going to do his own thing. And, he, yeah, I, I'm i not sure. But, Andrea, when I heard your call about Ian in the kitchen, I thought to myself... I don't remember that. So I have gone through with my headphones on high listening to it. And when I found the scene that you were referring to, I was like, right, what is this noise? And I've listened to it a number of times. And yes, you're absolutely right that he said Ian was hiding with the Pavlova, but it sounded like he was load. Well, they don't seem to have dishwashers in Ambridge, but he was putting there was a lot of cutlery being thrown and plates. I think there was sort of the tidying up and the putting away from the main course. But what does Ian put on a pavlova? Do you still get unpitted olives on Ian's pavlova? A jouis of Borsetshire blue? I don't know. What would you have on your pavlova? Well, I'm a little bit concerned after Mia's conversation that maybe it was anchovy and toothpaste. But <laughs> yeah, pavlova for me, it's just a simple raspberry or strawberry. I mm. love them. One of my favourite puddings. But you mentioned eaten mess as well, Katie. So would it be pavlova or eaten mess? What's top of the tree there? Well, to me, they're pretty much the same thing. Like a pavlova is an eaten mess before <laughs> I attack it with a spoon, True. really. So, <laughs> they're just as good as each other, I think. <laughs> I had an eaten mess recently that instead of the usual things, yes, you had the meringue and the cream, but it had pineapple in and coconut. Oh, wow. And, yes, it was. I think it was like um, an eaten colada, it was called, or something. It was very tasty indeed. Sounds incredible. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. That would win, I think. <laughs> it was good. But Andrea, yes, what would you have on your pavlova? And uh, what do you think Ian would have on his? These are the questions and we and we need answers to this. But Andrea, thank you so much for your call. Honestly, absolutely brilliant. And now we go to Richard, who's in Buenos Aires and is sad about some things and perplexed about others. Hello, Richard in Buenos Aires. I'm missing the big shindig in Birmingham and I'm sad. I'll be celebrating my birthday here in Argentina, so I'll be happy about that. But please set the date for 2024 nice and soon so it doesn't clash with pre-arranged plans. Setbacks can be the making of people, and I think this setback for Brad is going to be the making of him. He's going to learn to say no more often. And I've enjoyed other people saying no, uh, Brian saying no to being pushed around by his kids to some extent, Tony and Helen saying no to... Pat, which I much enjoyed. Uh, even someone said no to Jim about his nimbyism about the charging station. It's good to say no. But and also Mia standing up to Justin and giving him giving his mansplaining patronising worldview a bit of a bit of a good female role model. Kids standing up to an adult type thing, especially as she's a girl. And Justin for sure is a sexist old man. Um, I, enjoy, I didn't enjoy the way they handled the whole investment side of Oliver 
potentially supporting George. He asked for a business plan. So obviously it's not just a gift, but if it's not a gift, it's an investment. And what was the potential deal on offer? What would be the pre-money valuation of George's yet-to-be-revealed idea? I wouldn't invest in him under any circumstances. Um, And then we had um, Justin and... Martin Gibson competing for Angel Investor of South Borchester or whatever it was. But to get an Angel Investor of the Year award, they need to do angel investing. Have either of them ever backed anyone else's business or just supported their own shows? Um, What would make a good angel? Not helping in the village shop. I've got more to say, but that's enough. If you do go to Birmingham, go to the Coffin Museum. I wouldn't be seen dead there. (laughs) Uh, Richard, that's that joke about the Coffin. <laughs> you just threw it in there. That was that was superb. Yeah, and now first of all, Richard, I have to ask, there's a lot of banging in the background. Slightly concerned that you're under attack by someone holding a hammer. I did try first of all I started editing it out and I thought, no, this is this is gold. I need to keep this in. I just hope you're okay and not being sealed in to wherever you were calling in. This investment with George, I need to hear, first of all, how the bench is coming along. Has George been able to fix it? I'm hoping he doesn't. I'm hoping Oliver says, no, not good enough. And no, he won't pay for the parts. And George actually has a bit of a reckoning because he seems to get away with absolutely everything. And then, yeah, now I understand like an angel investor is more like a dragon's den someone who will put some money into a business and get a bit of a holding on it but this business angel of the year you know the ambridge version of it seemed to me quite different from that and it's just basically who's a nice boss there aren't are there any nice bosses in ambridge i i don't know who i would give that award to but yes angel investor versus business angel richard i would like an essay on the subject for next week definitely all for the next academic archers event i think we need a huge (laughs) talk on this one yeah going back to the bench i've just got visions of this wonky bench being made by george (laughs) i feel like the original bench was something beautifully carved and lovely and a really nice memorial and I feel like George's is going to have three legs and <laughs> be like made out of plywood or something. <laughs> yes, some MDF that he's taken from somewhere else. Definitely, yeah. He's ripped it off someone else's cabinet or something and it's still got a door <laughs> handle attached or something. <laughs> and wait, Oliver say, hang on, I think I recognise that from my house that I own. Absolutely, yeah. He's taken his front door. <laughs> you see, whenever I've pictured the bench in the past, I've always thought that it was in a very quiet place in the garden quite far from the building a place of reflection under a lovely tree and yeah. just very isolated not right next to the hotel no because that would be an odd bit to sit in you would want kind of a quiet memorial thinking place yes. but yeah for it to be that close to be able to drag over to do um, all their mischievousness. Yeah, very strange. I, I don't know where it's going to end. George needs his comeuppance. But what did you think about Richard's joke there about the Coffin Museum? <laughs> I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I love a cheesy joke, so keep them coming. <laughs> I think everyone needs to end with a joke. There you go. Every time, Richard, we, we need that. But that was just great. And now we go to our final call today, which is from Melly Merriweather, who wants to say... Thank you. Hello to the Dum Dum presenting crew and to all Dum Dumers everywhere. But an especially big hello to those of you that I met last weekend. It's Melanie Mary Merriweather here. I actually haven't really listened to the Archers this week yet properly. But I do want to give a very big nod to the event last week in Birmingham. The Academic Archers and Dum Dum Mashup. I was a little bit apprehensive about the Academic Archers component. Sorry, but I was. But it was fascinating and funny. I just was incredibly taken by it all. It was lovely to meet everybody, but particularly those who had taken part in the Zooms over lockdown, which most people will know I'm quite sentimental about. But yeah, it was very good to hug people. Roy Field, Philippa, poor Quentin, sorry. It really was something very, very special and I'm very glad I did it and I will certainly be doing it again next year. 
So thank you for everybody who was involved in organising. I think the biggest shout it has to go to Cara Courage. It was just joyful. And that's the whole academic archers thing, isn't it? Can't remember. Curious, generous, joyful. Am I right? Probably wrong. It was definitely joyful. And it was joyful. I, I'm still smiling. I'm still happy to be among people who don't roll their eyes at the fact you like the archers. is just splendid. So here's to next year. Let's go for it. I'd also really like to thank Purple Pumpkin for teaching me how to work Twitter. I'm not saying you're going to do it anytime soon, but it was wonderful. Thank you so much, Purple Pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah. I get it, Meg. Not on my phone, on a laptop. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, Melly, that's just lovely. It's lovely to hear your voice as well. And we were told that the next Academic Archers meetup will be on the 27th of April next year. So do get that in your diaries. What we haven't explored yet is what part Dumpty Dum will have in that. We need to do some arranging and some thinking. So more on that another time. But yes, the date for the Academic Archers is the 27th of April. So let's get that in our in our diaries. Melly, you're right mentioning the hugs. I had so many hugs last weekend. It was a hugathon. And my favourite memory was just looking round. I can't remember who was talking at the time, but I just looked round all the Dumpty Dummers sitting there and just thought, yeah, this is my this is my podcast family. It just felt very special to me. Katie, what was your favourite memory of the weekend? Well, apart from meeting you, obviously. But, so. <laughs> oh, no, I'm really sorry if that was the highlight. <laughs> Katie, you need to reevaluate your life choice. Need to sort out my priorities. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was the same because we were kind of the rebels on the back row and kind of looking out over everybody else. And yeah, it was really nice to kind of put faces to names and realise, oh, that's so-and-so and that's them over there. And oh, it's so nice to see them. And yeah, it was all because I'd done quite a few of the early Zooms during lockdown as well. So I chatted to people a little bit through that, but not a lot. And then, yeah, just to be able to meet people, say hi, have a cuppa with them and just kind of talk normal stuff as well as Archer's stuff was really nice. Yeah, and it just felt like I knew everyone. It wasn't like meeting people. Yeah. It was just, I know you already. It's, I don't normally hug strangers, but but everyone's not a stranger. It's just, oh, it was very special. Definitely. So my question for you then, Katie, is when you started doing the Facebook Roundup, was it hard to do? Is it hard to pick which people you're going to mention and what threads you want to follow? Definitely. Yeah. Sometimes some weeks are easier than others. Sometimes there'll be a very obvious theme and everyone's talking about the same thing. And then other times you'll be off on random tangents (laughs) of people coming up with weird and wonderful storylines and ideas. But yeah, it always comes together in the end. I kind of go through Facebook and just make notes as I read everything. And then it all seems to pull together at the end somehow. And so you do that once a month, but you do the Instagram all the time. You're fully in in charge of Instagram. Is that growing? Is it taking some time to grow? Yeah, it's taking a bit of time to grow, but we are getting there. So it was really nice after the weekend, actually, because we were able to use pictures that people had tagged it, tagged Dumpty Dum in and everything. As long as they use the hashtag Dumpty Dum, I'll see them. Or if they tag our account, I'll see them. And it was just really nice to be able to share other people's photos and comments from the weekend as well. And sometimes it's nice to have another visual medium for the art Mm. rather than it all just being kind of through Twitter or Facebook posts. It's nice to have it based on photos, which isn't always the easiest when it's (laughs) a radio drama. Yes, yes, of course. So, yes, because you've got to use a photo for it, it Yeah, that must be a bit tricky. Yeah, it adds a little extra challenge. So I end up doing sometimes fine archers. So it's all based around famous or not so famous old paintings that can sometimes be linked to what's been happening in Ambridge that week. So again, if anyone's got any ideas, just tag me and share them. I'd love to see them. But yeah, based on the weeks going on in Ambridge, I just kind of check what's been going on in the fine art world as well. So if we post something on Instagram, you want us to tag the Dumpty Dum account, but also do hashtag Dumpty Dum. 
Yes, please. Yeah, both is great because then I'll definitely see them. I get alerts either way. But yeah, both is good. It just kind of gets the, the feeling out for everybody and people get to see the Instagram account as well if you end up tagging us. So yeah, keep doing it, please. And you were very good to step in and help me today because, yeah, Jacqueline's away, Quentin's away, everyone's away and you have stepped in brilliantly. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, no, I'm actually enjoying it. So we're all right. The nerves have gone. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. We've had all the calls. But you can also send us an email if you'd prefer. Visit dumtydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Please keep them brief, up to a maximum of 250 words. Remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And so we go from our caller innerers to our email innerers. And we've got two emails. The first one is from Tracy. And Tracy says this. Am I the only one living on edge waiting for Oliver to discover about Brad's part in the Huntball traffic diversion? George really is a piece of work and I'm sure that at some point he will learn via Mia about Brad and will let Oliver know this, casting Brad further into disgrace. I truly worry about Brad and I want him to survive his teens, go to London, earn a fortune and return later in life to lord it over Ambridge and George in particular. Script writers, please save Brad. Yeah, Tracy, I totally agree and I think it's interesting this week of just reflecting on the two of them we've got George who seems yeah academically not so bright but practically very bright very self-aware of his actions wily enough to get away with it confident enough to talk people round, particularly his grandmother and yet you've got Brad who's academically very bright but not so clever in life he's so easily manipulated and swayed and what you said you just reminded me about helping Mia with the hunt ball he shouldn't have done it and yet he lets himself be dragged along and do these various things which are quite wrong it it I'm just I'm disappointed it took him so long to apologize to Oliver as well and I just want the best for Brad but I'm I'm not sure it's going to happen I'm afraid Tracy yeah I think he needs to get a bit more streetwise very quickly and just kind of sort everything out because I am a bit concerned because it's concerning Oliver with the whole hunt ball and everything. If the, be- if the bench doesn't go well for George, is he then going to use Brad with the ball with the hunt ball somehow if he finds that out and then throw Brad back under the bus to deflect from him again? Who knows? And we've had other calls in previous weeks about Brad and how he could be swayed and incel. And and more and more, I could see it happening because he just, he has no confidence in himself and who he is. And yes, you need your qualifications and you, you need to be sort of relatively clever at your subjects, but it's 
that's not going to really get you where you need to be in life and give you the security to deal with things that are thrown your way. Yeah, you've got to definitely have your own opinion as well and just kind of not be led by everybody else around you. Of course, that makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about and I'm failing <laughs> at life anyway. So I don't know. But Tracy, that was a that was a great email. But we have our second email and it's from Matt. Thanks so much to everyone involved in the Birmingham Meetup. I'm still smiling and still on a lovely archer's high from meeting so many people who are a bit like me. I could not have met nicer people and I cannot wait to see everyone next year. I'm beginning to feel excited already. Thanks all. I agree, Matt. I think that was a really nice email and I think that kind of sums up how everybody felt at the end of it. I I laughed and smiled so much all weekend just meeting everybody and yeah next year be really exciting hopefully there'll be some great things in the pipeline yeah I think I need to apologize to Max I think I hugged him before he even knew who I was so sorry Matt (laughs) but it was lovely to see you and you just look so happy throughout the whole weekend which is great it's that positivity that's just so nice so yes thank you for your email and for your smiles so those are your calls and emails we love them please do keep calling in quentin and i will be recording we're actually recording on monday next week so because quentin is traveling around as he always does and can't be near wi-fi that we can rely on until the monday morning so we're going to record nine o'clock on the monday so we need your calls really by say five six o'clock on sunday please then i can get everything edited and ready for us to record on the monday so sunday evening is the deadline next week but now let's move on to facebook and we need after the meetup mashup there's a lot of you we need to say hello to so we need to say an i'll do to you too caroline and chris carolyn and immy kath and barbara Catherine and d caroline and julie bernadette and Catherine, jane and rosie olivia and claire sheila and nicola and matthew So what has our Facebook group been talking about this week? Let's find out as we sit back for the roundup with R Witherspoon. Greetings all dumpty dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here with this week's social media roundup. The week on Facebook began with the showering of much love on the organizers of the Dumpty Dum Academic Archers Mashup Conference, as well on those who attended and all Dumpty Dummers in general. Many people posted about the weekend, but I'll just share this one from Mike Jennings that says it all. On behalf of Beth Jennings and myself, I just wanted to say an absolutely enormous thank you to everyone involved with the weekend. The organizers, Cara, Jacqueline, Nicola, and Royfield did an incredible job and were in your debt. To everyone else who was involved in organizing, thanks so much. I also wanted to extend a heartfelt thank you to all at the mashup. The talks were fascinating, funny, and impressive in equal measure. And every person we met was warm, funny, joyful, curious, generous, kind, and fantastic. Neither of us has ever been in a room with fellow Archers fans before, and it was such a heartwarming experience to just be able to chat with people who just get it. Suffice to say, we loved it. From the laughs, crafts, and raffles to the talks and drink and food, the live podcast, we had such a brilliant weekend. Roll on next year. We're ready to book. Well, that makes me feel all tingly inside. Enough about us. Let's see what we said about Cheese, Eurovision, and the bright lights of Ambridge. Bernadette Hawks and Louise Lawton didn't think Cheese was a good idea for a Eurovision-themed event. And Helen Blackburn was hoping for some vegan cheese. Others, including Ray Milner, chimed in about Eurovision being a cheesy event, but Pam DeLay had the final word. She said, Beg to disagree. Not only is it a good idea, but it's a great idea. Can't think of anything cheddar. I opened up a can of worms when I expressed my discomfort with Lee pronouncing that Spanish seafood and rice dish as paella instead of paella. I didn't mean to upset so many Brits, but one American, Darcy Jorgensen, came to my defense and agreed with me. While I empathized with Freddie's feelings about that blasted painting, I found him to be so whiny about it, and also condescending with Jolene. So I asked Dumpty Dummers how annoying is he on a scale of 0 to 10. The number kept going up. Trina Hollis said 10, Kevin Winter 11, Guy Williams and Christine Hutchings 20, 
Darcy 27, Mike Jennings 500, and finally Rob Williams Googleplex. Okay, there are a few supporters of Freddie, namely Margaret Yu, Philippa Jill Manessa, Julia Delwich, and Catherine Humphreys. Well, that's what makes horse races. Rob Williams and many others expressed their displeasure with the Ambridge residents describing the upcoming coronation as a once-in-a-lifetime event. I, too, hope to live to see another one. And what about this illumination business? Why is Justin considering Lower Loxley? Doug Font said the bull was the obvious choice. Rosie Taylor suggested the village shop. And Shirley Ferrant Ansi, the village green. All fine choices, I think. Finally, Friday was an upbeat conclusion to the week. Michelle Wright said, An episode of Tracy and Chelsea and Linda and Paul and Justin being made fun of, an excellent episode. Many, including Michelle, Helen Cook, Susan Delamere, and Glennis Goodwill, saw Friday as the start of a beautiful friendship for Paul and Linda. I think, I think they would make great Dumpty Dumbers as well. Please do review the last week on Facebook. There are many, many great photos of the weekend conference that have been posted. Please enjoy. Talk to you soon. Oh, thank you, Witherspoon. Yeah, and just picking up something that Suey said in the roundup as well, Katie, about Tracy and the bull. Why did she sound so surprised about thinking of the bull for the wedding venue and the fact that Jolene had given her a discount? She works there. I mean, why wouldn't Jolene? It just seems so. Let's do a tour of all the pubs just for the purpose of meeting Den, which will then be a story. And ignore the fact that she works in the place that's the best place to hold it. I didn't understand that. Exactly. Perfect function venue and not even thinking about it or visiting it. Just going to every little village and town surrounding Ambridge. (laughs) If this Eurovision event doesn't happen and they all have to watch it in their various homes... Whose home would you like to be in to listen to the and watch the Eurovision? It would just have to be Lillian's. I think it would be hilarious just to hear Justin huffing in the background. <laughs> and then me and Lillian would be there, curled up on the sofa, bottle of gin, laughing along. Be brilliant. <laughs> I don't know. I'd quite like to be at Ian and Adam's. And I don't know why I'm saying that. But I suppose I'd have a good selection of food, little bites and things prepared by Ian and his pavlova. So he's probably still seething in the kitchen, holding on to the pavlova. But you do seem to get fed well there. And I think it would just be funny to have Adam there. Definitely. But also Ian could supply pizzas with different toppings from around the Eurovision countries, which would be quite good. He could. I'd always have to check the olives for stones. But apart from that, yeah. Yes, I'd, I'd be well up for that. But yeah, Witherspoon, brilliant roundup. And thank you so much to everyone on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group. You'll also find us on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. Make sure you include the Archers hashtag using a capital T and A so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers based tweets. Also, that hashtag is your gateway to the hugely enjoyable tweet along which I know was really good during last week when we were all sat in that room and everyone was just sat there tweeting but also commenting out loud. It was brilliant. It was just to see everyone, everyone on their screens, which my mother would not have been impressed about, but with a reason. Because, yes, the live tweet-along and everyone studiously typing away. It was brilliant to see. And you did the facebook roundup as well in the live podcast and you were one of the first people to speak that must have been quite an experience yeah my knees were knocking together i don't think the microphone picked that up (laughs) (laughs) well no you you did a great job but on twitter as well as at dumpty dum i can be found at the old book podcast account quick book review with a three not a w and i can be found at ktp land so let's join purple pumpkin to find out who has won the medals this week Hello, Philippa, Katie and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of Tweets of the Week. And my thanks as ever to everyone who tags at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best ones. This week, hashtag the Archers on Twitter has seen some very vivid threads about what characters look like and what they wear. At Ryan J. Early, who plays Lee, posted a selfie with at Susie Rids, who plays Tracy, and both of them were wearing brilliant yellow. Meanwhile... Archers fan 2015 Bernadette Hawkes was discussing with Kate Crichton and RJ Whittaker at Danzac Rose and others exactly what Joy looks like and what her wardrobe would be. 
This led ultimately to the suggestion that at the next Academic Archers conference, people should dress up as their favourite character. There were also some great songs suggested in a thread in response to Ambridge Pony Club at Jen J. Stephen asking what songs would be coming up at the Eurovision events. My favourites included John Kavanagh at John Cav 29.22342, who has Ruth. Hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How about burning a frozen pizza for me? And, with apologies for the singing, Miranda at Apple Android app, who says there will be no singing. That foreign stuff is alien to Ambridge, and they're geographically challenged. Land of Hope and Glory, Jerusalem, Land of My Father and Flower of Scotland will be playing on loop with actions. It's all worth taking a look at. But here are my medals for Tweets of the Week. All short and sweet this time. In bronze position, it's Audrey Ann at Ms. Underscore touch shriek. I hope somebody warns Paul to keep an eye on his bunting. It would be so sad if it were to go missing. In silver, it's Bob Hawkins at Salvador Rosa. The bull's walker crisp sweet would be an ideal honeymoon love nest. And the gold medal goes to Steve Brooks at Steve Brooks TA. Justin should light up Lakey Hill. Half the village were conceived there. <laughs> That's it for this week. See you all on Twitter next week. That was great. So we've got Audrey Ann, Bob Hawkins and Steve Brooks all winning medals this week. Congratulations, all three of you. I wonder if it's possible to do anything like that on Instagram, Katie. What, you're head of our Insta. What do you think? Could we do anything? Absolutely. Well, yeah, if people start tagging me, we can try and get Instagrammer a week <laughs> yes. or something like that. I think we need to work on the title, but <laughs> no, it sounds perfect. Sounds a typical dum de dum title to me. Absolutely. Do you want us just to do a hashtag dum de dum when we're trying to achieve Instagrammer of the week, or is there another something else that you want us to put on it? Yeah, I think if we keep the hashtag dum de dum and at dum de dum, but if you want to try and spell Instagrammer. <laughs> you can try and tag me, but definitely include the Dumpty Dum in case we all have weird and wonderful spelling versions of Instagrammer. <laughs> I do think that sounds like a bit of a challenge, really, to us all on Instagram. So Definitely. If you've been to any farm visits or anything, just tag me. <laughs> <laughs> so the account that they can find on Instagram is at Dumpty Dum. Yeah, that's the one. See you there. Fantastic. Well, we come to the end of this episode. We need to say thanks to all our contributors and to our social media supremos. And we must thank Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. And of course, our Jacqueline Berto. Oh, thank you for listening and joining us today. Thank you so much, Katie. It's been a blast to host with you. So it's a bye bye from me. And it's a tarara bit from me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.